0: Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my conversation with two members of the full-time MBA class of 2024 and the consortium liaisons for the upcoming year here at the Darden School of Business, Mark Williams Sierra and Fabiana Diaz. In this conversation, I talk with Fabiana and Mark about their backgrounds, what led them to Darden, how they decided to serve as consortium liaisons, their plans for the year ahead, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Mark William Sierra and Fabiana Diaz. Mark, Fabiana, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It's great having you here. I gather from our warm-up conversation. It's been a busy start to quarter four. Mark, how how are things going?
2: Absolutely. Well, we just got off a of core uh, where our life was like very structured. Um, you know, Darden had picked all the classes for us. Uh, we got our our taste of that, you know, Darden academic rigor. And now we're transitioning off to Q4, where now we get a lot of a lot more agency. Uh so we get to pick our classes, classes that um align uh with our interests and things like that. So I'm I'm getting used to like, you know, um being in these classes that not only I mean all the classes were interesting, but especially interest me, uh, while also having these breaks where I get to like you know, either prep for class or, like, enjoy my free time, which is pretty nice.
0: And yeah, for our listeners who are less familiar with the first year schedule, uh, y'all had class from, what, 8 a.m. to about 1.15, 1.30, Monday through yeah. Thursday? That's yep.
1: right.
0: Yeah, with little breaks in between, but not, like, extended breaks um, during during that time.
1: We do have first so. coffee and second coffee, which is an amazing Darden tradition. So during first coffee, you kind of get to mingle with the other sections. Um, and also talk to your professors, which is always great. And then we also have a twenty-minute second coffee, which you know it's always needed to get that last like energy boost of coffee before going to your last class of the day.
0: I appreciate that. It's always nice just for people to learn a little bit about the rhythm uh, of the schedule. So quarters one through three, it's core, and then move here to quarter four and electives. Uh, Fabiana, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I feel that after going through recruiting and core, I'm kind of coming up for air a little bit. So this is kind of a really exciting time for me. I feel that I have now time to, you know, spend with my friends that I've made here at Darden um, and doing things outside now that the weather is also changing. So it's kind of like a good a good time in Charlottesville. I'm excited to start playing tennis more and adding things to my calendar that maybe have to do more with social life um, as I was balancing recruiting and course. So really excited about that. Also excited about the classes that we've uh, gotten to choose from this quarter. I am uh, still have an 8 a.m. However, it is it is much. it feels much lighter as you walk into the room now. Um, although the one thing I do miss is my section and Mark was in my section so we truly Uh, bonded over over that and how that's a big transition to not be in the same classes with the same people you've been going to class with for the past three quarters.
2: But we will see them tonight at Wind Down Wednesday, right?
1: Yes, we absolutely will.
0: (laughs) So I'm curious, we recently interviewed the section reps for every section, section A, B, C, D, E. And I wonder, um, what section were you in?
1: We were in section C, Darden Cup, potential winners hopefully crossing our fingers um so very excited we were c-suite we we're at the sea monsters um we are very chill but i would also say uh there's a big camaraderie i think a lot of people would say we we become like one big family but I, i'm sure everybody in their section feels that way mark you can add more to that if you'd like
2: i mean uh, yeah they're the the sections kind of become your family uh you are going you know monday through thursday Having classes the same people at the beginning, it's like you're getting to know each other. But once you know each other, it's like you you feel comfortable in that space. Uh, it kind of builds up your confidence to like also participate and 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 give to the case method, which is so central to uh, the Darden education process. Uh, then now that like I'm not in um, in my section, I I still kind of have that confidence with me, especially when I see other section mates uh, in my class because I know that um, not only Will they, you know, back me up or, or support me to the extent they can in the classes, but uh, also, uh, you know, will I'll be able to do the same for them.
0: Well, that's great. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you and, and your respective stories. So, Mark, uh, start with you here. Uh, tell us more about you. Who are you and what's your background? What did you do before Dart?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm the, I guess, traditional, non-traditional student. Um, cool. I... I'm um, originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, grew up there. And then uh, I left the island to go to college at GW, uh, became fascinated with like international affairs and stuff like that, did a few internships, ended up not liking that uh, world, but I did like the aspect of helping people. Um, so I moved on and, and went into a career in education. And so I was a teacher uh, at an inner city school in Chicago for eight years, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, was able to make an impact there, and, and I, I really appreciated my time there. Um, but then uh, when I thought about next steps, um, I was like, okay, do I wanna go into administration and continue up uh, the you know, um, ranks of, of education, or do I wanna do something different? Uh, the pandemic hit and uh, it made me kind of really reevaluate. And I decided that I didn't wanna continue the education path, at least um, through the traditional path. Uh, so that's where I was like, OK, well, uh, let's check out business school. I think that's a, a, a good point for a lot of educators to transition out of the education world into uh, the private sector.
0: All right. And Fabiana, awesome. what's your story?
1: Yeah, so very similar to, to Mark, actually. I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, and I moved to Michigan um, with my family. And then I went to undergrad at the University of Michigan, go blue. And from there, kind of uh, transitioned into public service. So, mostly worked in jobs in politics um, as well as education. So, I was also a Spanish elementary teacher prior to coming to Darden. I think for me, the biggest thing of being a non traditional student applying to business school has been the transition. Uh, I think something that even going through the process of of applying, it's finding people who look like you, who had similar backgrounds. Um, and who would be able to mentor me as I transitioned into the journey of applying to B-School and then getting to B-School. So having that non-traditional background, I think, has been such an asset in the classroom, and I see it every day. Uh, However, uh, I came to business school because I do also want to pivot. I think I want to make an impact on a larger scale, and sometimes the classroom felt a little small. So I'm really excited to see what uh, career opportunities and avenues I take while I'm at, at Darden.
0: Mark, how did you get interested in Darden specifically? So I actually uh, I toured UVA as an undergrad,
2: and uh, I fell in love with the campus. Um, and, grounds, uh, Mark. Grounds. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> Yep. Not gonna live that one down. So grounds. <laughs> I fell in love with grounds. And uh, sorry, I'm I'm channeling my my uh, my freshman, 18 year old, first time coming to UVA. Okay. We'll so you. back then it was campus, now it's definitely grounds. Um, and, anywho, uh, <laughs> you know, I I fell in love with with the environment. Um, you know, Charlottesville is incredibly beautiful. Um, and uh, I had a distant uh, family member who actually was uh, at Darden, uh, so I visited Darden with him, and Darden was my first kind of experience with business school. Uh, so when I You know, 10 years down the road when I was like considering business school again, Darden was the first school that came to mind. Um, And, you know, Darden also uh, was a place where academics are on the forefront. And as a teacher, that's something I valued a lot. Um, So it wasn't only the environment, but also like kind of the um, uh, what's it called, the like the philosophy of the school also aligned with my own values. eventually i mean i i got into Darton. i was like okay that it was my number one and and uh it worked out with the consortium uh cuz i also ranked them number one and and it ended up being you know the perfect situation
0: you mentioned that the philosophy of the school aligns with your own values uh, what does that mean to you well it it just means that um
2: as someone who like i come from a family of educators um having worked in education for eight years i see the value in education i see it as a a catalyst of change specifically uh, in the work i was doing i was working to um you know increase uh the levels of like underrepresented minorities in in um uh, institutions of higher education which are traditionally spaces where you know um are predominantly white institutions Um, and the reason why I did that was because I saw benefit in that for, for the students, allowing them to advance and, and, and work as a way to like, not only for their own development, but also to help like break, um, you know, cycles of poverty and things like that. Cause you get access to better opportunities, more income, which eventually in theory leads to a a higher quality of life. So, uh, coming to an institution that, um, sees that value in education as a, a tool that they can, they can bring about. Uh, a large, uh, meaningful transformation is obviously something that align with my own values in, in that sense. Um, and Darden having that at the forefront of its mission um, really resonated with me. And, and a, it's a big reason why I'm here today.
0: Fabiana, how about you? What, what led you to Darden?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So my dad's best friend attended Darden. Uh, and he always wore his Darden sweatshirts around at family barbecues and events and stuff. And so I, it was always in the periphery. Um, however, when I started to look at schools, uh, what I really enjoyed about Darden were two things: the academics, of course, which I'm, I'm sure everyone uh, who's listening has has heard this about Darden and, and the and the rigor that it comes with uh, coming to Darden classes, being case method only. Um, however, the biggest thing for me was the ethics and the honor and Uh, I think that's something that speaks to Darden and the community as a whole. Uh, I think that's something that we really look to value and you see it as it is incorporated in our core classes. We have, you know, um, leadership communication classes. We have business ethics that we take during core. And it's something that we're always thinking and talking about, whether directly or indirectly. And so that's something that I really value as someone who is always looking for ways to give back to a community, um, to kind of uh, build Uh, something so that it's easier for the people that look like me to come into it later. Uh, That's just kind of been my my value set. Um, And so I see Darden incorporate that in the day to day lives that that we are now living in. Um, And I and I think that I just really connected with that. And essentially, it was similar to Mark. That's why Darden was my number one, especially when I was applying through through consortium uh, with a lot of other member schools, that one just stood out the most to me. Um, There was even a question in the application that kind of showed me how intentional Darden is when it comes to uh, influencing uh, people who maybe don't come from all these traditional backgrounds, per se. And so, for example, the question, is geared towards, you know, did you did you grow up in a home that English isn't your first language? And I think that just shows the intentionality behind the values that we live here every day and how diversity and inclusion um, are kind of intertwined with that. And that's something that was extremely important to me.
0: That question has been a really profound one for us as an admissions committee. Certainly feels like we we mm-hmm. learn so much about people. It's an optional question. Uh, in the application, people can choose to share more about their, their family environment growing up, but it has really um, added such depth to people's applications, stories that we would not have heard about otherwise, I don't think. But for asking that question, it's been a really meaningful uh, one Uh, before we turn our attention to talking about uh, your roles as consortium liaisons, and we are going to talk about the consortium here. I want to I'm just curious, did the two of y'all connect uh, about being teachers and obviously teachers in the MBA program? Was that something that brought you together in addition to being in the same section?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Mark and I, that's been a huge connection point for us. And also we do have a huge group of teachers in our class. I say huge, but it is is—it is a bigger number than I think typical. Um, so that's been very exciting. And, and Mark and I really connected because we are both in consortium. So right away, that was one of the first things like, oh, you're a teacher? I'm a teacher. That's awesome. Um, oh, you're Latino? I'm Latino. That's awesome. And so we kind of had a lot of these touch points that uh, connected us. And And I think consortium does that as a whole. So we have a pretty big consortium class this year and i think that's kind of what brought us to want to continue to do this work and kind of continue to do it as liaisons to usher in that new class who are also coming from non-traditional backgrounds or from places in which they never saw an mba in their future um yeah i think it's it's really pivotal as we as we move forward and increase uh, diversity here at Darton. yeah
2: and and i guess to add to what is saying like uh we we connected via the consortium and uh as a result, like we both recruited consulting, and we spent the summer like, casing each other. And I think it was especially, you know, it was much easier to case with someone who had the same background as myself, because we were going to make the, the same mistakes, we were gonna, you know, have the same lack of, you know, it, you know, business knowledge. Uh, so it was it wasn't embarrassing to like mess up with each other. Uh, at least that was that was the vibe that, that I definitely got from um, our work together.
1: Absolutely. We were like almost like growing in this adventure together, uh, I would say. And and being on the other side now, I'm sure, you know, a year ago today we were listening to our liaisons and their podcast. And it's it's wild what can happen in a year. But really grateful that I've gotten through it with Mark. Uh, we almost met a year ago to the day we have our first picture at Darden Days, which is the admitted student yeah, day uh, right. or weekend that's about to come up as well here.
0: Mark, some of our listeners may not know as much about what casing is. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that is?
2: Sure, so uh, casing is uh, basically, uh, I guess we can call it a tool or, or a method that um, uh, that's often utilized in the consulting world for interviews. Uh, so what they do is they basically, uh, during the interview, they give you a brief business case that lasts between 20 and 30 minutes. And you have to kind of like, um, deconstruct like the issue that's going on and then formulate a plan as to how to address the issue and solve that business problem uh for that particular organization uh within that time frame uh so it's something that's it's it's very uh i guess difficult to do if you don't know how to do it and you don't practice it um so if you're considering uh going into the consulting world it's something that you should definitely Start practicing as soon as possible, because uh, it is central to to you landing a, a, a job in, in a consulting firm.
1: Yes. And when we say as soon as possible, please adhere to the consulting club and what they're going to put out, because they uh, do such a good job to prepare all of us for whether you're doing summer recruiting, fall recruiting, um, or just regular timeline recruiting. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for indulging that question. Uh, we always are trying to just unpack some of these things uh, that come up in business school conversations that people may not necessarily know a ton about. So, uh, you are now, as mentioned, a quarter four of your first year. Uh, Mark, I wonder, came to Darden, your teacher, started an MBA program. What were some of the adjustments for you as you navigated your first year?
2: Sure. I think the first thing was like kind of like the work cadence. Uh, Sure, I was coming from a world where I was working eight to four, but I was very comfortable in in my job. I knew what I had to do. Uh, So it was almost, I could almost do it on autopilot. Here, you're coming to class and, you know, you're doing uh, finance, you're doing uh, LO, you're doing uh, accounting, uh, and it's all like in, in, you know, these very concentrated chunks where sure, the class is an hour and, um, you know, 25 minutes long, uh, but the preparation to go and prepare for that class. Uh, it'll take you you know a couple of hours to read the case and to really understand it um so kind of like combining the whole um okay, I'm gonna prepare for this class. I need to prioritize this case um and especially like if you're a running point for that with your learning team, which is learning teams are the groups that uh the learning groups that you're put into at the beginning of core, and you basically keep them throughout um you know your whole core experience um Within those groups, you discuss the cases, and uh, you typically share that information so that you're all as prepared as possible for, for classes. So if you're running point for one of these cases, you need to make sure that you get all that information down. And and not only do you know it, but you can also explain it to your LT so that they get a, that information too. So getting into that groove of like, OK, we have classes from you know 8 to 110. And then after you're meeting with your learning team to then um, go over the cases, uh, digest the cases that they're giving to you, but also uh, disseminating the information from the cases uh, was a a big adjustment. Um, And then I think the other thing was with that came like prioritization. So really learning how to prioritize what you need to do. Um, You know, it's not only sure academics are very important, but you also have to make sure you take care of yourself. Um, So ensuring that I separated time to like, try to go to the gym, or you know take mental health walks and things like that was a, another big thing that I I did um and then lastly uh in my previous life I was very much like the social person and I would create the social events and invite people to the social events and things like that here there are so many social events that like you know it it along with that prioritization you have to kind of like pick and choose like what you want to do or dedicate your time to uh so as a social person um I found myself saying no to a lot of social events for the first time, which was was definitely a, a new thing for me.
1: <laughs> Mark, you never said no. Come on. <laughs> I, I did. I did.
0: Surprisingly, I did. So, <laughs> uh, Fabiana, how about for you? Um, yeah, what were the adjustments I,
1: for you. Totally. For sure? Absolutely. So I just like kind of similar to Mark, you know, my background was a teacher. I did uh, have a second job to, to supplement teaching life, but that's a different conversation. Um, so I was very used to, you know, being up at 6 a.m., working out, going to school, and then going to my second job and not getting home till 10, and kind of doing it again and also working on the weekend. So the idea of having this, you know, nonstop go-go life was very I was ready for that and I remember my mentor being like you know it's different though like I promise it's going to be a different experience once you're in school you think you can handle it. you think you've done this before. And you have it and she was right, I have it um, because it is another level of uh, transition in the sense that you are getting used to academic life, you know I hadn't been a student in in six years um and the the rigor of of school it's it's the cold call it's a little bit of that anxiety when you're walking into class and you're like i read the case do i remember everything about it enough to answer a question if i'm called on um and then recruiting gets like kind of just thrown right in there around september and i would say that was really hard for me to juggle because you you have to like speaking to what mark said you have to prioritize you know a lot of people come to business school with the goal of getting a job. (laughs) We all do. Right. I, I would hope. And so as we're looking to achieve that goal, we also are looking to learn. And so for me, it was kind of balancing like I must get a job. I have to go to all these recruiting events. I have to keep the door open. I know I'm interested in consulting. However, what if I should go to like brand management, like opportunities as well? Cause marketing class is so interesting right now. I could see myself doing something in that space. And so kind of balancing all of that and and i'm such a visual person i remember in college there was like that triangle you know and it's like you get to pick two things and one just kind of suffers so it was like sleep social life and grades um and so i kind of felt a little bit of that push and pull here at at darden uh because my prioritization was you know i want to get a job i want to succeed uh in my career And then I also had this other corner of like, well, I want to be social, similar to Mark. Like, I love meeting people. I love connecting. I love creating community. I think that's something that's like really important to me and like one of my um, strengths. And then I also wanted to succeed academically because I came here to be challenged. And I think that's. Something that I had to just navigate. But I think Mark kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like the having to say no, especially when you're not used to saying no. And no is not a bad thing. So I've kind of just like reframed it. It's not that I'm saying no to that. I'm saying yes to something else. And that might mean sleep or getting, you know, cooking a meal for myself or taking my dog out on a walk. Um, And so. It's 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 that balance that you have to find for yourself and what works. And I do think it takes some time. I I, I wish I, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, but uh maybe for me, an advice I could give somebody who's listening to this, they're like, Oh, is that is that gonna be me in a year um or in a couple of months? It's schedule time for yourself on your calendar. Uh, I think that started to really help me. Like when I said, like, I'm going to play tennis at this time. This is my time for me to be outside and get fresh air. Um, and that's not to be messed with. It's equally as important as attending a meeting or a board meeting or whatever it is that I'm I'm currently on the GWIB, which is a graduate women in business and the VP of community development. And so that's equally as important. Those two things are equally as important. And so recognizing that and then uh, following through with it is is what I'm currently doing.
0: Lots of lessons learned uh, through these first <laughs> few quarters. I mean, that's a really important one, that putting health and wellness and what keeps you sane and what's restorative uh, for your energy, putting that on the same uh, level as all the other things that you're doing academically and extracurricularly through school, career. I, I think that's a big takeaway for a lot of students. Honestly, that's something that's come up quite a bit here on the podcast, people scheduling that time, blocking uh, that time out. So yeah. um, sounds like the consortium was an important community for, for both of you, even before you got here uh, to Darden. Uh, Mark, how did you decide that you wanted to become involved as a consortium liaison?
2: Yeah, so um in my work at at the school at the high school I worked at, uh, I was uh, specifically the the class I taught was a college transition class and I had a caseload of like 60 students that I helped through the college application process. And one of our big missions was wasn't only getting the students in, but ensuring that they um were successful at the institutions that they went to. One of the things we learned uh, was a big indicator of, like, success or, or uh, a helper of success for, for these students was, were community organizations where students um, from the same um, my, minority groups uh, could have a community and a space to kind of, like, share um, the challenges and difficulties of, you know, existing and 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 performing in these spaces where they were minorities. Um, leads to higher rates of graduation, um, and the consortium itself is is a group just like that. Um, so naturally, like based on you know the work where I'm coming from, I saw the importance and the value of of the consortium, and immediately is something that interested me and in, and and something that I could give back to. Um, just how we mentioned earlier, like the connections that Fabiana and I made, uh, that was just one of many connections and uh, connections that have served us really well throughout. Uh, the transition to business school, uh, because it doesn't matter what business school you go to. Um, it is a, a it can be a very tedious process. Uh, and your life is going to change drastically doing a full time program. So uh, having that community um, really helped me through some of the difficult aspects, uh, whether it had been, you know, help on cases, whether I've been, you know, uh, frank conversations about things that i have been you know, challenges I had faced in the classroom and sharing that experience with other people who kind of like share my background. Um, those are things that that, you know, led me to to be where I am now and be in a place where not only uh have I done well in my classes, I've I've passed all my classes, I've done really well, but I also secured like a really great internship. And, and all that are, are things that the consortium helped me with. Uh, so naturally, um, as someone that likes to help others, I, I wanted to get back to the community. And as soon as that consortium application, you know, went out to all the consortium members, I was like, okay, I definitely want to try and, and, and be a liaison here. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's why I'm here. How
0: about for you, Fabian?
1: yeah, so I really believe in the mission of consortium, which is to uh, increase enrollment at business schools for minorities, specifically black Latinx and indigenous folks. And for me, coming here and seeing the opportunities that there are, you know, I became the DI rep for my section when I first got here and kind of seeing the how the class is made up and how it's built and how we kind of it could increase and uh, our, our diversity goals and what that looks like for next year. And I was like, how can I get involved in those initiatives that I really truly care about? And it wasn't just about increasing numbers. It's how do we create a community for people to come here and feel safe and feel that their identities are represented and feel that they have a place to call home and, a, and people that they can relate to and connect with. Um, Cause I think those two really go together. Uh, and so I think the consortium creates that space and creates that opportunity. And to tie that in, really, it was my my our liaisons now, specifically my mentor, Alexis Orr, she really impacted my experience coming into Darden specifically uh, and tri- and and doing that transition. Uh, I was so overwhelmed at first with this idea of summer recruiting that we that we have. and to navigate it and you know as consortium there's this thing called orientation program which you attend prior to going to business school sometime in june this year it's in new orleans which we're really excited about and so having her be such a pivotal player into my success at darden is what i would hope to bring to somebody else i think mentorship is crucial and i think the liaisons that we have this year shout out to all of you thank you for being who you are um, for us specifically in in our class. And I just think that I want to carry that torch. Like I want to do that and better, you know what I mean? And I think that is something that I, I care deeply about. I want people to feel like they have a home here. I want people to feel accepted and loved and cared for. And that's what for me is, is my goal as consortium liaison, because, it is really important. And you're going to lean on it. And and Mark and I have kind of seen it with our consortium chat. We call it CFAM. Shout out to CFAM. They always help us out, whether it was, you know, oh, my goodness, my learning team didn't understand this case. Can someone help us out? Can someone explain it? Can someone hop on Zoom or can someone meet me at First Coffee? I think always being able and willing to lend a hand. Um, is what makes me want to create that for the next class because it doesn't happen overnight, right? You know, all of a sudden, you're all in a group chat and you're all friends. That's not how it. That's not how it happens. It happens through um, us kind of having that shared mentality of why we're here, and why we applied through consortium. And again, going back to the mission, that's why I think it's, it's, it's so important that that is the alignment that we all have.
0: Well, some of our listeners, this may be one of the first times they've heard about the consortium or the opportunity to learn more is here. So. Um, Let's talk about the consortium. Mark, how do you explain it uh, to folks who don't know that much about the organization and want to learn a little bit more?
2: Sure, I think uh, Fabiana started to really uh, broach that topic when uh, she was talking about how it's an organization whose mission is to uh, increase um, representation of underrepresented minorities in uh, leadership and business. Uh, and it does that by several really like practical ways. Like um, number one, it, it they, there's an opportunity for a scholarship to give these upper, underrepresented minorities. Um, you know the ability to financially attend these uh, institutions that we all know are are quite expensive. Uh, number two, it it, 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 um, it makes the process of applying uh, easier. Um, it's kind of like a common app application where you can apply to multiple schools uh, with one central application and, and adding supplementals, which kind of reduces that burden a lot. Uh, for those students
1: and the fee as well.
2: And the fee and the fee, of course. Uh, and these are these are things that, you know, historically and, and um, have have prevented uh, students from those groups from applying before. So off the bat, you're reducing those barriers to entry um but their mission doesn't stop there because they know that it's not just getting you in it's also about supporting you through the through um the process so with op um which is that uh conference that fabiana mentioned uh that's kind of like your your first real uh view of what the consortium is because it's not something that's limited to darton uh there are many schools that are part of the consortium and it is a giant community i think this year there were like six or 700 of us it was really awesome yeah. and there's just,
1: a, i think 26 school members and and more yeah. keep at being added yeah. so it's it's yeah, really great
2: and it's it's a community that that doesn't just end at op like mm-hmm. uh fabiana and i we were just down in in puerto rico um with a bunch of our friends and and some of the consortium members from one of the other schools they were down there too so they joined in in our activities which and is awesome some, yeah it was it was so fun uh, and then, uh, some of them are going to be liaisons too. So like we're going to be working with them right. and potentially doing like joint things next year. Um, so, and, and I guess that leads to like the community factor. Um, there's, there's your school community, but there's also the broader consortium community, uh, which works there as a system of support, but also something more practical in the sense of like recruitment. Um, through OP, you actually can apply and, and, uh, and, and go for early recruitment opportunities uh some people left op with job offers which was awesome uh but beyond that you know it's also a professional network where uh recruiters will reach out to uh in order to um you know recruit students for for roles um so th- those are those are the big things that i take from the consortium fabi do you have anything to add
1: no i think you did an awesome job that's very much everything that that it, it en- encompasses um but yeah it's it's just a great opportunity and and a little bit to add i guess mark would be it's it's not just networking these are people that could potentially like be in your lives these are gonna be your friends these are relationship buildings and and there's even with firms and uh recruiters it's it's just all an alumni i think that was really cool for us uh darden alumni came to support us at op which was just speaks so much to the mission that they're still so passionate about coming back and giving back and uh, finding places and roles and connections for us to kind of move forward and also just take with us as we navigate this journey of an MBA life.
0: Well, appreciate everything y'all shared thus far. This is something of an annual tradition to talk with the consortium liaisons here on the podcast. And the part of the conversation that I've really enjoyed over these past a few years is just hearing from the consortium liaisons, the new liaisons about what they have planned uh, for this year or what, what their goals are uh, for their work. So Mark, I wonder, what what are you looking forward to? Um, I know it's early, uh, but nevertheless, what are, what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? So
2: number one is definitely meeting the new consortium class, um, I think class of 2025. Uh, that's definitely the most exciting thing, getting to uh, learn about them, where they're coming from, And establishing those relationships that are, you know, so important and, and, and have, you know, been so pivotal in my uh, experience at at Darden so far. So that's definitely the first thing. But as a liaison, um, it's definitely fomenting those relationships, not just between myself and the new class, but the current consortium members. Um, there's a lot of value that can be uh, brought from experience, especially, you know, the current first years going on to second year, um, having, that knowledge or having that connecting point and being able to ask a second year, like, oh, what does this look like? How does this work? Like, you know, um, what if I have this situation? Chances are uh, one of the second years has already gone through that. So um, establishing those connections between the new students and students who have been here already one year um, is can be a really good point of like, you know, uh, it adds grit and, and, and it makes it easier for the students to transition. Um, so that's one of my big goals, so fomenting those relationships and and making sure that the second years are also connected to that first year, um, so that, you know, there's there's no like, you know, kind of like potential siloing between the years,
1: yeah, mark, I think i I think that's awesome. I think I really want to two things I want to build on that is one, which I know I've said, you, we can probably count how many times I've already said the word community on this podcast. Um,, but, Truly, community building is such an essential part of a successful consortium class entering um, and feeling that they have a place to be. And I I I think that takes like little steps. You know, it takes them introducing themselves in the chat, which we've seen a little bit of. And, you know, we have we do start to have a little bit of a series for our consortium class of 2025 right now as they prepare for OP in June. And so kind of for me, it's important that they start feeling like there is a place for them here, that they're going to have friends here, that they're going to feel that um, they're going to make connections and that they're going to be strong. And so in those Zoom chats that we're going to virtually be having twice a week from here until June is kind of starting to create that uh, setting and space for them. And then additionally, Fostering that through the whole year, because as Mark mentioned, I think as second years, it's so important that we are involved in their process and and being there for them and that they know who we are and they know who to contact if they have a question about this firm or about that class that somebody took or about, you know, section leadership as that quickly amps up the first two weeks of school. And so kind of making sure that those are things in place for them as well when it comes to consortium, they have this unique opportunity to recruit, uh, to do summer recruiting. And so for me, I want to set them up for success. And I think that Mark and I kind of already spoke to you about this, how we both case each other in the summer. And so making sure that they have those people that they can reach out to the summer, specifically second years who just went through consulting recruiting, or who just went through banking recruiting, or whatever it is that they're looking to recruit for, um, to, to really set them up for success, because it is a different kind of uh, sprint that they're going to be going through it's a much shorter timeline, um, but they still have to you know. Be at at their best in order to to achieve that goal and that doesn't happen overnight, uh, and so I want to make sure that for those who really want to uh, take that opportunity to summer recruit to to be successful and. That comes with a lot of different steps is creating a mentorship program for them so that they can do that. Having um, the consulting club and we're already working with Victoria Velasquez, who's the new president, also a consortium member. So shout out to Victoria um, and kind of seeing how we can start preparing them and having uh, meetings that lead to their success.
2: Bobby, so uh, you're volunteering to CASE. The whole incoming class, Fabiana Diaz. That's her full name. Just look her up. Shoot her an email. She'll case you.
1: I will volunteer to case once every person in the consortium class. I will do this. I this is how much I care. And we, we, can we can divvy it up. We can divvy it. Okay. Thank you, Mark. It is important for their success to have people that they can case with. But their biggest tool is going to be each other. So that's why community comes first, and then we can talk about that.
0: Well, speaking a little bit about community, what would you want the prospective students listening to this podcast to know about the consortium community here at DART? Mark, anything that you'd want to
2: highlight? Sure. Uh, I think the first thing, again, I think this has been overarching uh, and, and what we've been talking about. It's a great source of support, a great source of opportunities. Uh, but I guess going a little further, um, I do want to say it's not like, all-encompassing. like. My life doesn't revolve around the consortium. It's a very important part of my uh, experience here at Darden, but it's just one of the many communities I'm part of. For example, I'm also part of the aviation community because uh, that's a, a field and a world that I'm really interested in. Uh, I also am Mark part flies of the planes. I yes, yes, it's been a while, but I, I'm I'm getting back into it and potentially getting checked out at one of the airports here so I can fly. Yeah, he is. you around, Fabiana. <laughs> Will you promise
1: uh, so, to give everyone in the consortium class a ride Mark is that what you're saying Mark Williams well,
2: if they if they pitch in because it, it it is not cheap <laughs> we, we can make that work um so the other communities like the salsa Club uh the Darden Outdoors Club um there are very many communities that you can be part of and the consortium doesn't have to be the one community that you dedicate your whole time to and another thing I'd like to say is uh the consortium isn't only for the like members of the consortium, but it's, it's also like very like family oriented. Um, so we have several members that are parents, um, and, uh, they bring their families to a lot of the consortium events. For example, we had a holiday party. Uh, that was really fun in December, uh, where we had a, a gingerbread house, uh, competition mm-hmm. and there were some great entries and we actually took the gingerbread houses and like sneakily put them on top of the fireplace right before winter break thinking that they would take them down but they were there I think until early february <laughs> so it was like a little easter egg for all the consortium members when they they walked in um so yeah it's 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 it isn't only about the members it's uh, we 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 also include the families uh and, and and the people that you know the consortium members uh consider family
1: yeah i would say that we're very open and inclusive and it's really like an extension uh, because there are a lot of people in our class who're like, "Oh, the consortium, what's that?" And we talked to them about them, like Condor events. You know, we we typically do host events with other affinity groups, which just kind of makes it really great because we can capture a lot more people. And I, I think that's something that's really nice about the way Mark kind of put it is it's it's a community. It doesn't have to be your only community, but it is such a com- it's such a great way to come back and lean on people. Like you know that they're always going to be there, and I think that's that's that there's some safety in that there's some comfort in that is knowing like I have this community I can go branch off and like make new friends and I think uh you know I I talked to about it with with a lot of my friends um that are that are not in consortium and you know they're like oh it's so great that you can kind of like still have this community to come to or have events with and yeah I think consortium is just a place where even if you aren't a member, you are welcome to events. That that is the the one the one thing I will say. And uh we're always looking for more people who honestly are allies and believe in the mission and kind of want to partake or learn more. And we're really lucky that that we do have a few uh, members of consortium that that carry on that that torch. And, you know, sometimes you're like, wow, this is awesome that this person uh who you walk in and you kind of don't think will be the person that's going to be so active and so uh, inclusive, and, and they are. And people just surprise you every day. I think that's something I've learned um, here at Darden.
0: Well, what are, what are y'all looking forward to in, in the months ahead, Mark? Um, anything that you're excited about? I, I might steal this one from you, Fabiana, but uh, we have DWC coming up.
2: Oh, and uh, we are going to Japan for a class and uh we just had the like first session where they went over the itinerary and everything and i can't believe it's coming up it's like what a month and a half away
1: yeah i promise Uh, mark and i don't do everything together yeah (laughs) it sounds like we do (laughs) but we don't but we also kind of do
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so we're going to japan we're we're gonna have that that experience uh i've never been to japan have you have you been to japan no
1: no i'm so excited
2: yeah, so we're going with uh, like 28 other classmates, it's like a group of like 30 or 31 mm-hmm. of us. Um and uh I guess it's it's just like a reflection of Darden's commitment to like a really worldwide um educational experience, which is another reason why I came to Darden. Uh so having that in the and as the light at the end of the tunnel is is making, you know, all this casing and all these classes kind of like much easier. <laughs>
1: Okay, since Mark took mine, I'm going to say that I'm really excited for all the wine buses that are coming. Uh, oh. We have a section wine bus. We just had a VBSA hand wine bus. We have a whack wine bus. Um, I think it's just that time of year where everyone's kind of like excited, ready to kind of let loose. Like the weather's so beautiful. We have the vineyards. Like it's kind of a time where we get to explore Charlottesville um, and more than just the one restaurant, that all the recruiting events <laughs> like we're at, you know. And I think that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, additionally, I am really looking forward to the summer. And kind of starting my internship and, and uh, being back in DC, uh, which is, which is one of my goals before coming to Darden is kind of ending up in, in DC. Um, And we're
2: not interning together. Just so
1: we're not, we're in the same city. (laughs) We chose different places, which is great.
0: And just to clarify for our listeners, a wine bus is a bus that takes you to a vineyard in which there (laughs) are many in the Charlottesville area, just to just to make sure yes, everybody's all on the same Absolutely.
1: Page. So um, the Wine and Cuisine Club organizes a lot of wine buses. Um, and a wine bus is essentially, you know, you go to, a, uh, you get a group of people, you're on the bus and we're safe. We are drinking and we're not driving. So that is the idea of the wine bus is that it, it drives us to different vineyards in a day. So, you know, it could be six hours at, and you're hitting maybe two or three vineyards and potentially breweries. So it's just like a really great experience to to also meet other people in your class, that you'd be surprised how many people, you, you think you know everybody and then you're like, now I'm in Q4, I'm like, I don't know everybody. And then Wine Bus is kind of, uh, creates that community and culture as well.
0: well last question for you here. Mark, um, what's a piece of advice you would share with our listeners?
2: Um, I would say as a prospective student, I would definitely recommend uh, you come in with an open mind. Kind of like there are a lot of um, I don't know if stereotypes is the right word, but like just like things that people think are general consensus of of certain business schools. Uh, I encourage you to talk to the people at the schools, uh, learn about their experiences. Listening to podcasts like these is a great way to get a more in depth, more connected uh, view of of what the school is, what life is at the school. Um and um, doing things like that can uh you know potentially have you discover schools or or learn something about a school that you wouldn't know otherwise. Um, and I think the other thing would be that if you are someone that thinks might uh, qualify for the consortium, so like if you are a, one of those under, underrepresented minorities or if you are an ally of uh, the mission of the consortium, I highly encourage you to go put the consortium. In Google, check them out. Uh, It's a great organization. Uh, And if you uh could join the consortium and come to Darden through the consortium, I guarantee it's a decision you will never regret.
1: You won't. You really won't regret, especially that cfam chat is always on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So um we have one of our consortium members who makes probably one of the the best memes in in at Darden, I would, I would say. Uh shout out to DJ for, for always coming in with the with the memes um but I would uh, my advice would be write something down before you come to Darden write something down that then you can reflect on and and what that something could be maybe a goal personal professional uh, something that's going to challenge you something that you are looking to to be challenged by maybe that'll be trying a new club or you really want to learn more about different communities and this is kind of a great opportunity to do so you know Darden has events like holly and you know they had an asian asian gala night and it was just an incredible opportunity for you to come together as a community and learn about something maybe you've never known before and i think that's very unique um in in this environment so write things down that you hope to accomplish or you hope to challenge yourself or something that you maybe have never tried before like mark's an outdoors club and i'm gonna make him take me on a hike one day because And not just an easy hike. I want to go on a hard hike, Mark. So you're going to have to like prepare me. (laughs) So things that you just wouldn't ever do. And maybe now you get to do, you know, I honestly, I played tennis in high school. And all of a sudden, my friends are like, let's go play tennis. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I forgot how much I love playing tennis or rediscover something. But write, write it down before you come, because I think it's sometimes hard to you know, we say, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah." you're right, Fabiana. Yeah, I, I want to get a job. It's like, but it's not just about getting a job. It's like, what kind of, you have to be very uh, introspective right now. And this is such a great time to do it. You guys just went through interviews and applications and ton of essay writings. And you're like, don't make me write anything else down. But truly, it's such a time to be reflective, um, because you'd be so surprised how much and how easy it is to kind of get wrapped up in your own bubble again and what you find comfortable and stepping out of that sometimes is harder but when you wrote that down and you remind yourself what are some of the things i really wanted to accomplish and um i think we kind of do something similar mark with consortium like we wrote some things on our essays like in our applications like are we holding Mm -hmm. ourselves accountable are we doing the things that we wanted to do that we stepped into darden and we stepped specifically into consortium and are accomplishing them and so Uh, It's just a great time to continue that reflection, so I really suggest you write three things um, that that you're hopeful for, that you're looking to do, that you you want for yourself as you start this journey.
0: Well, thank you both for coming on the podcast. It was great talking with you. Great to hear uh, your stories, how things are going, and all your plans for the consortium uh, group here at Darden in, in the year to come. Very excited for Orientation program, OP.
1: It'll be here before yes. you know it. I know. So many, so many, so many good stuff. I'm I'm excited for them too. They're gonna they it's just an experience and you don't get to replicate it. So I'm excited. Thank you well, so much, do. Brett, for having us.
2: <laughs> we get to replicate That's it. right. Mark
1: get get and I get out, okay. to replicate it. That's very true. So maybe there'll be some lucky, lucky consortium classes 2025 that'll also get to replicate it.
0: Awesome. And for listeners who are interested in learning more about the consortium and picking up on Mark's point, uh, the address is cgsm.org. You can find it out there on the Internet. Um, yeah. Mark, Fabiana, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Brett.
0: Thank you. And that was my interview with Mark Williams Sierra and Fabiana Diaz, two members of the full-time MBA class of 2024 and the consortium liaisons for the upcoming year here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at Virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.